This is Sam Sports Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Sam. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, I might sound a little clearer right now. I just spent an awful lot of money on some brand new sound equipment, some snazzy stuff. That's right, I upgraded. It's uh, it's looking pretty cool. I've got a little monitor here with like peaks and valleys and pops and things, and it's got this snazzy-ass microphone. It's looking all profesh, although, you know, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Uh, anyway, how's everybody doing? Uh, I'm back. I'm going to throw together a little NFL podcast for us, and I'm also going to be trying out um, some formatting things for my new radio show. That's right. I am going to be on local Philadelphia radio, 610 AM ESPN Sports. That's right. I just went from amateur to pro, baby. Uh, just going to wipe it off. To, oh, just brush your shoulders off. Oh, do, 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 brush your shoulders off. Anyway, so I like to sing sometimes. Uh, let's talk some football. Um, and we'll get back to I'll start raving about my show a little bit more. Just Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. I'm going to be there. Saturday, March 6th is the first day. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about it. I'm going to be dropping a lot more podcasts. I'm certainly going to be talking an awful lot about that. But um, let's jump into some, some football. Uh, looked at a lot of football, and I've stayed away from – uh, the NFL for a little bit because uh, some you know Super Bowl happened, NFL abruptly ends. Uh, much of the focus goes from the field to the contracts and the off season and who's retiring and who's not retiring. Uh, so and I stepped away. I've really been focusing on basketball an awful lot. I'm going to be jumping back into basketball because with the uh, trade deadline I believe approaching and much ado about nothing in that NBA trade deadline. There was really only a couple of teams that pulled the trigger on anything, and now we're just going to get back into full swing of things and see who's going to really come out on top for the second half of the season. But NFL is what we're talking about right now. So this is probably going to be a little sneak preview for uh, my first radio session. Um, I'm definitely going to be ripping apart the Eagles offseason. I spent uh, a chunk of the day reviewing articles, uh, reviewing um, different pundits' thoughts on what they feel should happen with the Eagles offseason. So I decided to formulate some of my own thoughts, really just an amalgamation of all these other people's thoughts. Uh, but, you know, then I put them into my own little stew in my head, and I, I call them my own. But you can think whatever you want. Uh, here's Anyway, here's some of the things I want to mention about the Philadelphia Eagles offseason Um Right off the bat, let's jump off with the most, the toughest decision, the thing that's on everybody's mind, Sam Bradford, what to do with this man. Do the Eagles even retain him? Uh, do they give him some type of a long-term contract, which I think is a little ridiculous? I don't think that's a good decision. Um, or do they franchise tag him? Now, if they do franchise tag him, that will lock him in for at least one year and will pay him roughly $20 million. So after much of his career making way too much money on that bloated rookie deal that he got before the collective bargaining agreement was adjusted for rookie contracts, he's still managing to find himself in a scenario where after all of his, I don't want to call it poor play, but his, let's just say, injury-riddled career comes to the end of this monster bloated contract he has, and he finds himself in the perfect position to once again make another $20 million and make just way more money than I think he deserves. I think he's a good football player. I think he's got some ability, but he's not at that top-tier quarterback level where he should be making the type of money that the other quarterbacks at that level should be making. But those are just my thoughts on the matter. Uh, so, the Eagles also really need to think about, is this the guy they want to keep? Do they want to roll? That's the big question. Do they want to roll with him 
for another season, keep, you know, the status quo. Maybe they draft someone. Maybe they go get a quarterback in the draft and they still keep Bradford to sort of, you know, kind of be that torchbearer. Now they still have Mark Sanchez under contract. uh, But the thing is with Bradford is he in a thin quarterback free agent market, he's a viable option. There probably will be teams that are going to go out and compete for the with the Eagles to try to get this guy. So you got to ask yourself, at least as an Eagles fan, do you want Bradford to be the quarterback again? Do you have faith that he's going to be the future of the Eagles? I think when you really want to answer in your heart of hearts, and even myself, when you ask yourself, is this the right decision, part of you needs to say, you know, do I see this guy as the future? Because in some regards, it's like, The easy answer is to keep him. The hard answer is to let him walk and chart to invest your future and your money in a in a possible future suitor. Now, the biggest name that comes to everybody's lips, and I've got to talk about Bill Barnwell. He did some great ESPN analysis on this. He mentioned Chase Daniel. He says, don't franchise tag Sam Bradford. Bill Barnwell says, let him walk. Don't spew the money. You already know what you've got with him. You're not going to get anything better. Go and get Chase Daniel. For cheap, he's going to be cheaper than Bradford. He's a career backup. That's the downside to Chase Daniel as a career backup in Kansas City. However, he knows Doug Peterson. He's played with Doug Peterson for a while. He's been in that, you know, that film room in Kansas City with Peterson. They've been working together for many years. Chase Daniel, even though he hasn't had much of a track record literally on the field because he just hasn't gotten on the field with Kansas City. He's at least been putting in all that time and hours with Doug Peterson. And so Chase Daniel brings this possibility of, listen, his career backup, give the guy a chance, pay, you know, you pay him a little less money than you would for a top-tier quarterback because this is a guy who hasn't proven himself, and roll the dice a little bit. And you still have Sanchez under contract. You can keep both of them on the roster. Uh, but... This, here's where the hesitation comes in. There is a comfort level, and there is a sense of, okay, let, let's see if we can give Chase Daniel, the, but that's a big gamble. For Doug Peterson in his first season, that's a pretty big gamble to sort of put all of the chips onto the shoulders of Chase Daniel, a career backup who's never really proven anything. You could find out halfway through next season that Sam Bradford, even at his sort of maxed out capacity of ability to be the quarterback, was a better option than bringing in Chase Daniel. Maybe we find out Chase Daniel's a disaster and then Mark Sanchez ends up being the guy who has the rock midway through the season. And you've already maybe given Chase Daniel a two-year contract or something, you know, some shit like that. Uh, But so it's really kind of a gut check call. And it's going to be a big call for the Eagles that what they choose to do and how they choose to move forward is going to really show with how they choose to deal with Sam Bradford, what type of money they choose to give him, if they choose to franchise him. I mean, personally, my personal thoughts it would be nice to just hang on to him for a season. I'd feel a little better with him in this, you know, as the starting quarterback. There's a little bit more familiarity with the system. He's he wasn't that bad this season. He wasn't that bad. And the Eagles, you know, they they don't have a lot of cap room, but they got enough cap room to kind of deal with that. And you know, a quarterback is one of the most important positions you're going to have on your football team. So it pays. You got to pay. And my heart says get rid of him. But, you know, my heart also says, 
just I'm I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambling man. I'm not somebody who sticks my neck out too much. I that's just my nature. So my nature is going to be like franchise him, keep him for an extra season. But part of me does think that the Eagles would probably be better off letting the man walk. I mean, you can probably scramble through this season with maybe a Chase Daniel and a Mark Sanchez. If all else fails, Mark Sanchez will at least limp you through the rest of the year. So it's going to be a tough call. Uh, I had to throw that out there right away and think about with the Eagles. We're going to be talking about it for at least through the offseason. If they sign him, we're going to be talking about the Sam Bradford thing all through the 2016 season. If they don't, that conversation will end by the time the season starts because we'll be talking about the actual quarterback for the Eagles. Anyway, uh, but back to the Eagles. Let's get away from quarterback for a second. Let's get uh, to some less controversial elements, things that you know might be a little bit more tangible. Uh, the defense. I felt that over the last couple of seasons, the Eagles' defense was, 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 was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I think that the numbers were drastically bloated because Chip Kelly's scheme kept the defense on the field so long. So as good as their play could be, as explosive as their turnovers or special teams could be, they would just be on the field so much more than any other defense in football that inevitably their numbers were going to pull them down to the bottom of the rankings. Uh, so I think that does mask how good this defense really is. Now, there are some exciting changes coming with the defense as well. Now that they've brought in a new defensive coordinator with Jim Schwartz, he is going to captain the switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup in the defensive side of the ball. Already we've seen some signings, and there are some things that I feel should be happening. Number one, they've signed Vinnie Curry. Vinnie Curry is a great football player who was doing well in the 3-4 and is probably going to do even better in the 4-3. He's going to blossom. He will thrive. And uh, this is a guy they've already locked up. The next thing on the docket is probably going to be Fletcher Cox. I really do think that Fletcher Cox is a monster no matter what defensive scheme he's put in. And we're still waiting to see the Eagles sign him now. I think he's going to get monster money, like $50 million guaranteed, $100 million contract. However, part of the hesitation, in my opinion, comes from the fact that there is a hesitation regarding Sam Bradford. So if they sign Sam Bradford, that is going to affect the type of cap room they have to sign Fletcher Cox. So those two things, I think, are going to both happen at the same time, and they're kind of they're going to depend on one another. I think they know they want to keep Fletcher Cox. How they're going to make the money work is going to depend on what they want to do with Sam Bradford. So those are sort of two dominoes that are depending on one another. But either way, Fletcher Cox is a beast. You don't want him to go anywhere. Uh, and let's talk a little bit more about the other people in the defensive side as well. you got Benny Logan, who has been just fine on the defensive line. Uh, Brandon Graham has had an interesting history here with the Eagles because initially he was kind of a bust, but he did start to find his way as a rotational player last year, and, and they gave him a good contract. They didn't want him to walk. They saw some potential. He's really blossomed in the last couple of years, and he's another guy that's probably going to be benefiting from that move to 4-3. You put him as a rusher, defensive end, this guy's going to be doing a little bit more than he could in a 3-4 sense. And then you're going to see a few guys walk. Like Cedric Thornton is, I think, one of the likeliest candidates who's going to leave because he was a guy who was really fit for a 3-4, and now they're moving to a 4-3. And people are going to go bye-bye. Uh, then you start to talk about the linebackers and how that sort of structure is going to all fit in. I like the linebacking core. I like that there are people that now we need to sort of say, where are we going to fit them? So the logical answers here as to who's going to fit into the 
the linebacking cores, you're going to see uh, Kiko Alonso, and Jim Schwartz had him in Buffalo. As he says, yeah, I had him for four months before he tore his ACL, and it was a lost season last year for Kiko. However, he comes back from an ACL, and what we, I've seen this before. When you come back from an ACL, that next season is pretty dodgy. You don't really play as well. You know, your, your knee is still hearing from the, healing from the fact that a ligament just went pop, baby, and that ain't a good pop, baby. So I think we'll see better play from Kiko Alonso. I think he's still, got, he's still got some talent that we have yet to expose, and only one year might not be enough to see after an ACL tear. I, and then we were talking about Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks very quietly had a fantastic rookie year last year. Fantastic. And it was really shadowed by the fact that he got injured and he missed the second half of the season. But if any of us, if any of the really big Eagles fans remember, Jordan Hicks got injured in that game where he took out Tony Ro- Or no, he did take out Tony Romo. It was the second Cowboys game where he had a pick six return for a touchdown to win the game. Then he got hurt in the second half of the game. Uh, but he did also earlier in the season take out Tony Romo for most of the year, or at least essentially put a dagger in the Cowboys season. Got to give that to Jordan Hicks. But that all aside, he played some fantastic football as a rookie, uh, and I think he's going to fit into that linebacking core pretty well. I think he's someone who can make an adjustment. Um, and I believe there is a sense that uh, uh, Michael Kendricks is another guy they have under contract. That's probably going to be your main three regarding the outside linebackers and the middle linebacker. Your Jordan Hicks, Michael Kendricks, and Kiko Alonso. That leaves the question mark of DeMarco, uh, excuse me, D'Amico Ryans and Connor Barwin. Where are they going to fit? Connor Barwin has long time been a 3-4 guy. He's going to have a little difficulty probably then going back in to the 4-3. However, he's such a powerful, he's such a good defensive player. He's also a good fan favorite. They like him in the Philadelphia community. He is someone who plays hard and is someone you can depend on. I don't see them letting him leave. He's too big a talent, and his talent might be marginalized a little bit with the scheme, and he might sort of get put back into a rotational status. However, it's not a bad thing to have Connor Barwin in your rotation. So, I'm not feeling bad about having him in the stable. D'Amico Ryans is going to be the guy where I think this might be his last season. Excellent football player, but he's seeing some age affect his play. And, you know, he is that veteran presence in the locker room. He's going to be the guy that the Jordan Hicks and the Michael Kendricks are going to be learning from. So it's it's wise to keep him in there. And it also, you know, it looks it looks good on the franchise. Looks good. Everybody looks good coming. You're keeping an old guy. You're, he's still got, you know, some use for you. And, you know, let's let's not let him just walk away. Um, they also signed Najee Good uh, to be another rotational linebacker. This isn't a starter, but it is a guy they have under contract. Uh, just gives you a sense of how much depth they have and who they're working with. Now, they still have Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith, as we know, first-round draft pick in 2014. Sadly, I'm sorry, Marcus, but he's been a bit of a bust. I gotta throw that name. I gotta throw it out there. The guy's been a bust. They got the guy has been a bust. He hasn't been working out at all, baby. Has not been working out at all. So there's a little feeling, a little just a just a just a teensy bit that they go back into a four three. Maybe he'll get an opportunity to thrive. I'm very skeptical of that. I think we might have seen the end of Marcus Smith. You know what? Give him a couple of years, and just not everybody's cut out to be an NFL football player. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, let's switch to the secondary for just a second, as we just rip through all of the defense while we're at it. Um, Byron Maxwell. Uh, I was not particularly impressed with his play last year, but with that money, with that contract, 
Woo, that's a Chip Kelly contract that the Eagles are not getting away from anytime soon. Listen, he's not terrible. He's going to be there. He'll be fine. Hopefully he doesn't give out too many touchdowns, but it is going to be something, you know, you got to be eyeballing that. How long can, you know, if his play dips next year, how long is it going to be before the Eagles try to part ways with him? Malcolm Jenkins, I think, is a great veteran. He's fine. I love it. Keep him where he is. You know, that's that's one thing. There's The Eagles' secondary is not as in as dire a situation as, as, as you'd initially think. Um, Walter Thurman, I think they should absolutely keep him. He had a very forgettable season with the Giants two years ago because of injury. It's injury. He missed most of the year. They cut him. Eagles brought him in on a one-year deal, and I think he played some inspired football. He really did some great work. He moved from a cornerback to a safety and uh, was, a, you know, was a real find for the Eagles. And he's somebody I think, you know, keep him, give him a nice, you know, you give him a nice three-year deal. He's somebody I think who's going to appreciate it. Let, you know, let him find a home with a new coaching staff and, you know, you got to have somebody back there. And I don't know if there's better options for the Eagles at this point. A um, couple other people to mention in the secondary. Nolan Carroll is probably a likely candidate to walk, you know, uh, to, to be let the door, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. He uh, played good football in the secondary, got injured. I think it was in that Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. Um, definitely had some blown plays this season. Uh, you know, he's a good fit. I don't know if they're really going to miss him. Eric Rowe. The rookie stepped in and played some good football this season. I think he also, I think he did finish the season. He played some meaningful football. Um, and so they do have some younger guys in the secondary that I think they're going to feel a little bit more positive about, uh, that they can at least let them roll and give them opportunities to really take starting jobs and and not let up too many big plays as Jim Schwartz really molds this defense into uh, into his, uh, his own image or his looks or however you want to think about it. Anyway, um... Let's go to the offense for a second here. So that's the D. Talked about a little bit in that perspective. Let's think about the uh, the offense, and let's we already we already gabbed about Sam Bradford for a bit. Let's look at the the rest of the offense. Let's start off with the running backs. So biggest name on everyone's lips, Mister Demarco Murray, and his. I don't want to say it's a bloated contract, but it's definitely a big contract. It's a little bit bigger than you know what he did last season, and it was probably I think bigger than. Anybody wanted to give him, uh, especially the Eagles, after letting LaShawn McCoy go, uh, to then give that money to DeMarco Murray and have him disappoint like he did. Um, but to comment on Murray, I still think that he's a talented running back who's going to find – listen, he's a starter. He's a guy who's going to start on any team you put him on. Uh, and I think that a couple things contributed to his disappointing play last season. Number one – uh, Chip Kelly, and I'm going to talk about the offensive line in just a second, but Chip Kelly let some offensive line players walk out the door, and he started a few guys at offensive line that really shouldn't have been starting at offensive line. And you take, and that was the big comment, DeMarco Murray going from the best offensive line in the NFL in Dallas and putting him in with an offensive line in Philadelphia that was kind of suspect. And all of a sudden, his production went down. Not only did his production go down, he started to fall out of favor with the coaching staff. He wasn't getting carries towards the end of the season. And it really started to show a feeling of uh, confusion, and in my opinion, confusion in the offseason and, and sort of just like, you know, shooting from the hip when Chip Kelly goes – he tries to get Frank Gore, and if you remember this, Frank Gore was ready to sign with the Eagles, and then he said, ah, never mind, actually, I'm going to go sign with the Colts. Yeah, it didn't work out there for you either, Frank. Um, 
Then, you know, he goes and gets Ryan Matthews from the Chargers, who actually, Ryan Matthews, I think, had a pretty decent season with the Eagles and, of course, got injured at some point during the season, which has been his problem. Uh, but then DeMarco Murray becomes available, and we I remember it happening. It happened very quickly. All of a sudden, you know, Chip Kelly's flying home from Oregon as you know, so he can have this special meetup with DeMarco Murray. And within a couple of days, they're offering him a big contract. This is the same Chip Kelly who was like, I'm not the general manager. So they bring these guys in. DeMarco Murray's contract, cutting him is not going to work at all. You cut him, and you have $13 million in dead money. That means $13 million that goes to DeMarco Murray just to have him not come to work. Just to say, all right, get the hell out of here. And that's, ay ay ay. So I think he's still a good enough running back to keep the guy. Keep him. He's, Doug Peterson's going to need a running back. This guy's good. You got a couple of guys in your roster. You got Ryan Matthews, who who's a nice guy to take, you know, change a pace back for DeMarco Murray. And let's talk about Darren Sproles. Now, Spr- I love Darren Sproles. I think most of the league loves Darren Sproles. But he is quickly becoming the victim of you know, age. And not to say that he's lost a step, but just in the NFL, the fact that you're aging alone already sort of discredits and brings down your stock value there. So there is a feeling that they can cut him simply because, uh, not that it's a good idea to cut him, but just that they have enough running backs and they can save the money. It's a sense of, hey, we got DeMarco Murray, we got Ryan Matthews, we got Kenyon Barner on the practice squad, why are we paying Darren Sproles $3.5 million or 3.9 or whatever his cap hit is? And, you know, there's rationale. That's a good, it's a good point. And those are the, the exact reasons why you're probably going to cut Darren Sproles. But, oh, God, just like I was saying before with my heart of hearts, my heart says just keep the guy. Keep him. He's done nothing but good things for every single team he's been on. Okay, even last year when things started to go poo-poo with the running backs, he came out and he actually played good football. The guy's good. If Doug Peterson has got any type of a player's coach hard on him, which I think he does, he'll keep the guy. So I'm hoping, knock on wood, that uh, you know Darren Sproles is uh, going to still be on the roster. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'd like to still have him be there. Um, who else we got talking about? So wide receivers. All right. Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews is your number one. But he's... I think he had a good year last year. I was a little disappointed. I thought I was going to see his production go up. Uh, I don't think it went up. Uh, he certainly plays a good slot receiver. Um, however, the Eagles are still missing the speed. They're still lacking the speed that they had with a Deshaun Jackson and a Jeremy Macklin. They brought in Josh Huff. They brought in Nelson Aguilar. You know, both of the, listen, Josh Huff, I, you know, as a, as a later round draft pick when he was drafted, I wasn't expecting too much his rookie year, but now in a second season, you're kind of saying, eh, you know, what, what did you really do for me? Nelson Aguilar, it was, he was a rookie, but he also pretty forgettable season, you know, whereas Jordan Matthews or Jeremy Macklin, those guys had some pretty great first years with the Eagles. Nelson Aguilar had a pretty forgettable season. I think he had some injury issues, but you know, is that him? Is that Bradford? Is that miscommunication with the quarterback? Is that not getting enough reps? I don't know, but Aguilar struggled. He struggled to find his place with the offense, and now, you know, there's going to be a new coaching staff. They're going to take a fresh look at him. It'll it'll kind of be starting over a little bit. Um, to talk a little bit about the other wide receivers, as we know, uh, you know, the other wide receivers were kind of dodgy. So there was Riley Cooper, who I think was kind of 
kind of your de facto number two receiver or was supposed to be your number two receiver behind Jordan Matthews. And listen, after the first Cinderella season with Chip Kelly and 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 um, Nick Foles throwing seven touchdown passes against the Oakland Raiders, three of which were caught by Riley Cooper, you know, you look back and he really has underperformed. Ever since he signed the contract uh, with the Eagles after that first year, he seriously underperformed. And they, as you know, they gave him his walking papers. They cut him. I think that's a good decision. You know, I think even they weren't giving him too much money, but he was not earning the money he was making. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but he had a pretty pretty bad PR situation when he was caught on YouTube at a Kenny Chesney concert dropping racial slurs. That's not okay. That's bad. And, you know, I guess it was honorable for the Eagles and the and the organization, and I believe it was Mike Vick at the time, to stand up and say, listen, he's a good guy. He's sorry. He did something wrong. All of that said, he played disappointing football. It's time to leave. Goodbye. Uh, but it still, once again, leaves the wide receiver core a little thin. We also have to remember the fact that Miles Austin was on the season was on the roster this season. You remember Miles Austin, the Dallas Cowboys? Chip Kelly brought him in as a legitimate guy and then cut him in December when he was like, "Oh, maybe I should have some younger guys get some time on the field. Maybe I should play Nelson Aguilar more." God, swing and a miss, Mr. Kelly. Swing and a miss. Um, however, uh, the things that did work well in the passing game. We're not necessarily the wide receivers, but the tight ends and the running backs. There was a lot of passing that went to the tight ends and the running backs, uh, which brings me to the tight end section. And the tight end section, I I feel pretty good about. Uh, I, I like Zach Ertz. I think he's uh, got a lot of talent. He's good pass catcher. He's good blocker. Uh, I'm glad they locked him up and signed him to this deal. I think he was, uh, he's been a good addition to the team. Uh, Brent Selleck, I like that they're keeping him. Uh, he's also a great pass-catching tight end, also a good blocker. They're they're great. They're going to help each other out. Uh, Selleck's going to be a mentor. Um, it's really going to be a benefit for both players. Uh, I like it. I like all of it. That's a, a, a completely agree with everything they did in the tight end section. They're, they definitely are going to be set there, and especially if they go into a two-tight end set. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do this season. Um the last thing I will touch upon is a bit of a tricky spot for the Eagles, which is the offensive line. Now, Jason Peters. I mean, what else you guys say? This guy's great. He's probably one of the best left tackles in the game. However, how many more years does he have left? You know, he's a fantastic left tackle, but this year he missed some time due to injury. The clock is ticking. I love him so much. I, I want to get three more seasons out of him. At least, I think at least another season with, with this year, he'll, he'll be there, but it's, I don't know how many more years we have left in him. And that's another positive for the Lane Johnson signing. That Lane Johnson uh, contract is fantastic because then you get this, this great offensive lineman who's going to seal up and he's been doing great work on the right tackle position. When Jason Peters leaves, retires, whatever happens, Lane Johnson's going to fit right in like a glove to that left tackle position. He's going to take over. They're really set there. Now, the real question, my dear, is what do you do with the rest of the line? Chip Kelly, in his infinite wisdom, let Evan Mathis walk out the door, go to Denver and win a Super Bowl. Uh, let Ted, Todd Harriman's walk, um, which probably wasn't a terrible decision. He went to Indianapolis and inevitably got benched. I think he, he was definitely at that point. It wasn't terrible there, but... He didn't really replace them. He didn't really bring in anybody else. He ended up giving uh, uh, Alan Barber, Andrew Gardner, 
and Matt Tobin. Those were the key guys that really kind of had to step in. And, you know, even before the season started, I was skeptical about that. I'd been listening to pundits who were skeptical about that. These guys are essentially rotation offensive linemen, second-tier guys, not starters, who he pretty much was like, we're going to roll with them. You know, we're going to, we'll, we'll make it work. And I think it was the Chip Kelly, my scheme will make it work. My scheme is faster than the rest of the league. I'll punch holes quicker. I'll get, you know, great gains on first down running plays and blah, 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 blah. And they'll make it work. And you know what? It didn't. The offensive line was a disaster this season. And it's something they really are going to need to address in this offseason. They're going to, they got to sign some street free agents. They got to maybe draft some offensive linemen and, and, don't be tricked into drafting what you need. Draft the best people on the board. If the best people on the board are defensive players, go and get them. Howie Roseman's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. Hopefully they'll make a good call, and I think he and Doug will have a good plan going into the draft. But if they can pick up some offensive linemen to fix that O-line, that'll be, be a good thing if you ask me. Um, whew, that was a whole lot of Eagles talk. Uh, I think I need to uh, take a little breath here. Hang on just one second. Ah, that was nice, and uh, little do you know, due to the magic of radio and recordings and things of that matter, uh, I've been gone for about a day, and now I'm back. Whew, that was a nice breath. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a moment and uh, just try something out a little bit here. I'm just going to do a little mailbag section here. Going to try something out, get a couple of uh, questions. Look at this. Oh, look at this, this question that I have here from Chris in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Chris says, Sam, I have a question for you. How many games do you think the Eagles are going to win in 2016, and who will start the most games at quarterback for the Eagles? That, that's a damn good question, because um, it poses a couple of questions. A, who will be quarterback for the Eagles, and what's their record going to be? Okay, so let's break it down piece by piece. I am venturing to think that the best possible option at quarterback will either be Mark Sanchez or Sam Bradford. So let's let's immediately start there. So they're either having these guys or they're going with a Chase Daniel or someone of that nature uh, or a draft pick or something like that. Okay, let's just argument sake. That being said, is a draft pick or a Chase Daniel going to prove to have a winning record or even an 8-8 eight and eight record? And... If those guys are not a better chance for it, what's the chance that Sam Bradford or um, Mark Sanchez is going to be quarterbacking the team? And then if you've got that, guys, I think you got to say that they're probably going to end up 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't I'm, – I'm putting it out there. I don't know if I see the Eagles going better than 8-8 eight and eight this season. Um, I think just in the interest of going with this question, I'm going to say Sam Bradford is kept by the team. I think he's only going to play 10 games, and I think the Eagles are going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. There you go. That's the, Those are my thoughts on the matter. Next question coming out of the mailbag. Here we are. Here is Derek from Upper Darby. Wow, look at that. I haven't, haven't been to Upper Darby in a while, Derek. Uh, he says, who wins the NFC East next year, and what is their record? It's a good question. Uh, it does then make you think about what are the other teams in the conference or the division going to do. Will the Eagles win the division right out there? Um, will the, uh, okay. Giants. No, I don't think the giants are going to win the division. I think they still have some more rebuilding to do in the last two seasons. They've shown they've got some problems uh, on defense and offense. Uh, the Redskins. Okay. This comes down to the Kirk cousins situation. Now they've, they've broken off contract talks with Kirk cousins and, 
is he going to be the quarterback of the future? And if you don't have Kirk Cousins, then who are you actually going to sign? And they are already letting Robert Griffin, well, I don't know. Are they letting him walk out the door? There seems to be an interesting, the Washington Redskins are just so poorly run. It's really a travesty a little bit. So I don't see them repeating either. However, going back to my initial discussion about Bradford and Sanchez, uh, I don't know if the Eagles are going to have a winning record and I don't see them winning the division, which leaves the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to come back and win the division. They are a great team that had a lost season due to a lot of injuries. You bring Des Bryant back, you bring Tony Romo back, you bring Jason Witten. I think their offensive line is so darn good. No matter who you put in the backfield, they're going to figure out a way to get some rushing touchdowns. I mean, Joseph Randall had a three touchdown game last season and he was cut by the team before the season was over. So, you put all those guys back on the team. Uh, this was just a 13-win team just a couple of seasons ago. Or was it 13? Yeah, I think it was. No, it wasn't 13. Either way, they won the division. They had a great year. Um, I see them coming back. I see them finishing 11-5 and five and uh, bringing some Cowboy football back to Dallas. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. That's, that's what I see on that. Okay, here we have another mailbag question. We've got James and Penn Saucon. Hey, James, what's going on, man? How you doing? He says, what quarterback, other than the quarterbacks on the current roster, could the Philadelphia Eagles bring in to replace Sam Bradford? Well, the logical answer. Logical answer is Chase Daniel. Backup quarterback in Kansas City, knows Doug Peterson, has been working with Doug Peterson for several seasons now, even though he's gotten very little action on the football field. I think I could do some research right now, but I'm pretty sure if I look up his numbers, it's something like, He's thrown six passes and like 80 yards in his entire time with the Chiefs. Uh, uh, and before that, I believe he was with New Orleans Saints. I believe he backed up Drew Brees. So this is a guy who's got some experience. However, he has been a bit of a career backup. And, you know, what has he really shown anybody aside from developing uh, an allegiance as a good backup quarterback with Doug Peterson uh, to prove anybody that he's sort of ready for the job as a starting quarterback? I don't know. Uh, so it does kind of leave that. Uh, now, the other options, you know, uh, the Eagles could get um, Robert Griffin III from the Redskins. I, I see that highly unlikely. There's been a lot of rumors now about them trying to go get Nick Foles back from the Rams. I don't like that. I, you know, I don't know if I see him being a future option. It's really another step towards them having some type of a stopgap, having the, uh, some type of just a, a placeholder until they're able to really um, – find a permanent quarterback, a, a real starting franchise quarterback of the future. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of, of trying to give the rock, you know, right back to someone who's an intermediary. Uh, some of the other quarterback options, um, you know, there's, there's the backups who are out there. I can't, I, I'm not sure who's really on the radar right now. I know Chad Henney was, you know, he's a backup, but I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to retain him. Uh, I mean, the most logical answer is, is Chase Daniel or, Sam Bradford sticking around, uh, or the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez ends up getting a t uh, an opportunity to tote the rock. Those are the things that I'm thinking of are probably, uh, you know, the, what are the most likely options? So it's a good mailbag question. It's a good mail. I, I like that. We had a, a nice little segment there. Nice, nice, nice segment. It was enjoyable. Hang on a second. All right, I think I'm going to wrap it up for today. I think that's uh, that's about good. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, once again, to recap, uh, subscribe to me on iTunes, subscribe to me on Stitcher, subscribe to me on SoundCloud, uh, follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones, uh, email me at samssportsstation at gmail.com. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear some feedback. And, of course, remember, 
6.10 a.m. If you're in the Philadelphia area, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., Sam's Sports Show starting on March 5th. Get, get your popcorn ready. I'm doing promos. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a great time. So listen, we'll talk soon. I love you guys. Take it easy. Bye-bye.